You're listening to episode 14 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that through the ups and downs, we're all in this together. In this episode, I interviewed Dennis Buckley, the lead singer of a punk rock band called 88 Fingers Louie and an old grade school classmate and friend of mine. We talk about the roots of his interest in music and how he became the lead singer of a punk rock band even though there were expectations and plans for him to become a fireman. We also talk about how he's changed and grown over the years, and what's allowed him to manage his anger and become a better communicator. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Dennis. How are you today? Hey, Maureen. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the Becoming Aligned podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Yay. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So Dennis and I went to uh, a Catholic grade school together on the northwest side of Chicago. And then many, many, many years later, reconnected. I think it was on Facebook. I think I so we got to connect it on Facebook before I saw you again at the reunion. And that might have been like yep, in our like late 30s or early 40s. So it had been like some serious time had passed since we oh, had sure. like seen each other, talked to each other. And... Like through like the social media world, I feel like I've had a chance to kind of, you know, this is like an air quotes, like get to know you a little bit or get to see, you know, this new side of you that I had no idea of. And one of those things (laughs) is that you are a lead singer of a punk band called 88 Fingers Louie that is still out there and touring and doing your thing. And and also that something I think is really cool about you is you're just someone who is kind of truly yourself. This is how you come across to me. And you just kind of speak mm-hmm. out for your values. And even if not everyone agrees with it, you kind of <laughs> <laughs> have a strong sense of who you are. At least that's how you come across to me in the social media world anyway. So I would love to talk to you a little bit in the next course of the hour here. Um, just like about about both of those things. And then also like balancing your life and being in a punk band or, you know, work life and family and all those things. Like, what does that look like? Um, so those are some things I like to discuss in the next hour if you're open to that. Sure, bring it on. Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, but maybe you can start us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself. And I know I hit on some key things there, but I know there's a yeah. lot more dimensions to you than just what I, than what I just mentioned. So if you wouldn't mind starting us off with that. Sure, sure. Um, well, I am a... Capricorn. I like uh, long walks on short tears. Uh, I'm left-handed by by choice. No, I was born left-handed, much to my grandparents' dismay. Um, oh, that's right, the Catholic thing. Then, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, no Irish Catholic grandson of mine is gonna write like a weirdo. Yeah. They used to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've. You know, it's probably as far back as. Probably us being in junior high, Marine. Yeah. Like my 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 peers were getting into, or our peers were getting into like sports and collecting baseball cards and memorizing football stats and not not that I have anything against sports. I yeah. just Never. That was never a passion of mine. And yeah. Then 
I got handed down, or I should say my brothers and I got handed down um, some quote-unquote out-of-date stereo equipment that my oh. uncle was just going to throw away because he upgraded to, a, I think he upgraded to a, a cassette deck and we got his huh. 8-track player and and, oh, and all cool. that. So we got all of his music and I'd say probably from maybe 5th or 6th grade on, I just... I was just a sponge for music. Like wow. when, when everybody else was, when everybody else was like, "Holy crap!" You know, Greg Lazinski's at four hundred. <laughs> you know, uh, this year I was like, "Cool, man! I just bought a new Genesis record. It's really good." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. So it was, it was oh. kind of weird. I think my, I, I, I don't, I don't know that my parents, especially back then, understood it. But you know, I was, I was raffling off. You know song lyrics and band member statistics and like i said compared to like what 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 with with the guys yeah you know uh went to school with you know they could name off the entire starting um yeah. lineup of the 1985 bear season i guess i could have everybody in chicago i was could, gonna say could, the bears could know this. yeah yeah <laughs> super bowl the shuffle bears being the exception, but you know any anybody else i could i could, yeah. I could name like one or two but i could right. i could tell you everybody in the beatles birthdays uh, you know wow. their first wives you know like yeah it was it was crazy so that so that uh um introduction to music is just carried with me now for what 75 years is that long, <laughs> How long <it's> <laughs> not quite there yet not quite there yet yeah getting close getting, getting close, close. <laughs> wow so even back in fifth grade for you like you yeah. you were starting to develop that like um encyclopedia of music knowledge essentially yeah i was i was kind of like the rain man of music wow, uh, i had no idea that's so cool that back, back then yeah I, it was it was i don't i don't know it was we, we we got a stereo like i said we my brothers and i would just take turns listening to whatever eight tracks we could whenever we would hear a song we liked on the radio we would you know uh get our parents to turn it up and Aww. you know we just I just started memorizing lyrics from as far back as I could. And you said you were writing your writing lyrics then too, huh? I was, I was, and it was, you know, <sighs> obviously very rudimentary. You know what, whatever a, you know, a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old kid could do that <laughs> right. could rhyme. You know, yeah, it was, it was pretty much roses are red, violets are blue type of stuff. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. You do you remember? Do you remember your first thing that you wrote, or is that like out of memory? I. Not only do I, I, I shouldn't say I don't remember it. Yeah. I remember a, a, the chorus of a song was called School Stinks. <laughs> and it and it was in sixth grade. I don't remember if we had the same homeroom teacher in okay. sixth grade. Yeah, I don't remember I had, I had, I had, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll bleep this out. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, first name was Rebecca. I won't okay. say her last name. Yeah, and I can't even um, remember. Yeah, I have such a terrible memory sometimes. But yes, go on. <laughs> But she uh, she caught me doodling. Okay. And I, was, I I had I wrote out lyrics. Oh wow. And she she made me stay after class, <gasps> and she said, "You're lucky I'm in a good mood because any other day I would have read this out loud to the rest of the no. rest of the students." Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh. So I was like, uh, all right. I mean, shame on me for you know not writing down, <laughs> you know, diagramming my sentences or whatever the hell we were doing. Right, in grade. right, right. I was I was writing songs, but you know. Yeah. Thank God it was just, you know, one dumb school teacher that, that found him out. I, to, to my knowledge, my parents never came across anything. My brothers never came across anything. I, 
I kept all that kind of stuff secret, but yeah. Really? School stinks being one of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's... yeah okay, I, so that's I, I, interesting. I pretty self-conscious. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you were kind of like just writing this music and like, or these lyrics anyway, and yeah. not sharing, not necessarily sharing them to anyone. Like, would you be, like, did you love singing? Because you're the lead singer, uh, you know, the band. Like, and yeah. I can totally remember our music teacher. She was very memorable. And anyone who went to school with us would remember this person. But um, yes. yeah, we, like, did you love like singing in that capacity? Or was that like just corny to you? And like the punk, it the was, punk music thing. I'm just wondering how that blends yeah. in with just the different genres of music. Well, you know, I, I so so as far as singing in in, in, in school went, yeah, was, yeah, we were singing all that corny yes. California dreaming, California and, dreaming, you know, <laughs> Monday Monday and all yeah. that stuff, you know, yes, you know, great songs of you know, but not to what. Not to an eleven-year-old kid who wanted to listen to Journey and you yeah. know Six and Genesis and stuff, but you know, said school teacher um, at one point—I don't know if it was sixth grade or fifth grade or whatever it was—she actually said, uh, "You." She actually complimented me on my voice. I was, oh. I was yeah, singing, singing in a much higher pitch back then. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, she'd asked me if. Uh, if I ever wanted to like do more with that, I, get I, I, out! Absolutely not. That's absolutely so cool. Because I, I think she, I, I don't remember. Did I, I, I she never had a uh, like a chorus group. Did they? I don't believe just, we I did. Think. Yeah. No, I don't think we did. So you know, I, I goofed around on the trombone for like a year or two, but there was never any like. And thank God I wouldn't have joined a chorus group, even if my, even if my parents threatened to ground me for life, I, I still <laughs> wouldn't have done it because just the idea of doing all that stuff. Yeah. You know. All these years later would kind of freak me out, but yeah. um, I just I, I kind of picked up, you know, how to sing in key, and mm-hmm. I picked up melody at, at a pretty early age. You know, I, I do you remember the that toy? Um, it was a keyboard that you had like a built-in sampler. It was, it was a Casio something. Okay. A Cas- Casio SK one. Okay. Wow. Casio SK one. Okay. I got I got that for my birthday right around uh, junior high, and um, not only did I, you know, did I grab it with, 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 with everything I could, I learned how I could pick up melodies on like a, uh, a, a guitar. I could hear somebody play a note on a guitar and I could replicate it on the keyboard. Oh, that's cool. So I was, I was, uh, I developed an uh, early appreciation for Bruce Springsteen because a lot of his stuff was piano based. A lot of the earlier stuff, yeah. um, had a lot of strong piano and I would just kind of pick up, you know certain songs by him and I'd be able to goof around, you know, on the keyboard there. But of course led to, would you want to take piano lessons? And the answer to that was no, absolutely no. Cause yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be forced to do anything. I guess is what it was. I, if I was going to do something, it was going to be something that I wanted to do, not something that, you know, family or, you know, family were going to force upon me. Yeah. It sounds like they were really trying to encourage, like they must've spotted this interest, do you think? And like, Family was like, yeah, kind of feeding it and just, yeah, trying to give it an outlet. Like, I mean, that's how it's coming across to me when I hear you talk. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think, I think to a point, but they also didn't want me to get too starry-eyed either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you know, there's, it's one thing to have your head in the clouds, mm-hmm. you know, once every few days. But you know, there was there was points where you know, grades were suffering because I was too distracted by my all the posters that we had in our room and yeah, you know, my my. My grounding for, for, you know, 
getting an F on a test or a demerit for not turning in my, you know, homework or whatever, is my parents would make me take down all of the um, <gasps> posters I had. No way. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't get them. I couldn't put them back up until my grades were back up. So oh, they knew how to I, hit you where it hurt. That's okay. Yeah. They did. They totally did. So, so they used they, uh, they used my love of music against me. They, yeah. they, they supported it to a certain point. They never thought it was a waste of time. Let's put it that yeah. way. But they also, they also knew when I was getting a little too, uh, like I said, a little too starry-eyed, they knew how to reel that back in. Okay. So you you just you were writing your lyrics, but when did you actually have the courage to like share some of this or like sing out in public or like how did that all <laughs> how did that all happen for you? Because <laughs> that oh. sounds so scary to me. Like that sounds, you know, like if you, especially if you haven't been doing it. I don't know. That sounds very intimidating to me to be out in front. It, well, I admire that that you do it, that. <laughs> it, oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. It, and it was it was it was all completely on accident. I never. I never thought I was going to join a band. Okay. I just knew that I liked to sing, and I knew that I liked music. Okay. I have to say, I have to say, and I wish to God I still had this. Um, my first uh, singing experience um, in public, and I, I, I guess you could consider it in public. We went on a family vacation to Nashville, um, and this is definitely seventh grade, okay, eighty-five or eighty-six. And uh, in Nashville, they had the. Um, Grand Ole Opry and then Opryland. Opryland yeah. was like their version of Six Flags Great America or Marriott's Great America, whatever it was called back then. And uh, inside of this Opryland, they had a um, one of those recording studios where you sang like a cheesy version. Yeah, you could sing over a cheesy, cheesy pre-recorded music that was clearly not the music of the actual artist or band, but it was <laughs> right. like you know, Muzak version or you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, so. Uh, full disclosure, I was going through a pretty big Motley Crue phase. Okay, <laughs> okay. And I picked what I didn't realize was a cover. I picked uh, Smoking in the Boys' Room. And awesome. I, I sang Smoking in the Boys' Room. And uh, I, it was like $20. $20 you could get like a cassette of it. And then for like an extra 30 you could get the videotape of you singing it too. <gasps> yeah. And... I only had twenty dollars. My parents were going to give me the extra ten, so yeah. I got the I got the tape of me singing this. And so for for years, uh, you know, when my family wanted to embarrass me, they'd be like, <laughs> oh look what we found, and they would throw it in the tape deck. And yeah, you know, here's 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 eleven year old Dennis trying to sound like he's you know twenty years older and, right. and not very tough at all. And I think my voice cracked a couple times. It yeah, was pretty, pretty awkward. But fast That's forward. Awesome. Uh, Years, years, years later, when uh, when 88 Fingers had their first uh, album out, we were going to do a secret track, and that was going to be, I, uh. I, I thought I still had it, that was going to be <laughs> me me doing that at 12 years old or 11 years old, but we could never find it. Oh, so, um, that would have been so cool. <laughs> we we squashed that idea. Aww. Yeah. But, but I guess from singing, you know, singing that at, you know, 11 or 12, um, I was starting to go to shows, so I started getting into punk rock right after I graduated uh, grade school because okay. my parents had bought my parents had bought me uh, my brothers and I our first skateboards and yeah. all our skateboards become punk rock and, yeah and, and and the whole skate culture so we mm-hmm. we all kind of drove headfirst into that and I you know almost overnight I got rid of you know all of my radio rock records and I was getting the Sex Pistols and the Clash got and, it you know. 
all the all the uh all the, all, the, all the big names of, of, of punk rock, I guess, as it was. So yeah. I, I, I traded my acid wash jeans for, you know, um, <laughs> ripped up jeans or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, but, um, yeah. And when I realized, I realized a lot of punk rock was screaming, not singing. Yeah. So we just started screaming songs and not singing them. And then as I got older, I started going to, sh- you know, shows on my own and with friends and, um, the the whole my whole joining the band literally uh consisted of me going to a uh a tryout that a friend of mine was going to do oh. in park ridge okay um he tried he tried out for this band and he was really nervous and he didn't do you know he kind of he kind of bombed and we were just getting ready to leave and the guys in the band the friends that came with us said well we've heard you sing in the car you want to give it a shot get out and i i said all right so we did a couple of couple punk rock covers, you know, Ramones and a few other stuff. And two days later, I got a call asking if I would join the band. And no way. 19, maybe, at this point. And, and I said, yeah, but again, I didn't think, you know, I was going to be a fireman. That was my thing. Okay, I, that's, I was wondering. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was bred to be a fireman. And I thought this punk rock thing, or the singing thing, for that matter, was just like, all right, this will be good to pass the time. Yeah. And then it just got, and then just things kind of picked up. Wow. And so it was totally, yeah. it was just like, I mean, you hadn't planned on it. You just happened to be in that, the right place at the right time, essentially, it sounds like. Yes, exactly. Wow. That's exactly what it was. Now, yeah. were you off to college at that point or had you decided like to go to school or not to go to school or, <laughs> yeah. Well, I went, I went away to school uh, as quickly as I could. My Got it. My parents, divor- my parents divorced almost, almost immediately after I graduated high okay. school. Okay. Okay. Um, they'd been. They'd been separated on and off, but they had made the decision to divorce um, shortly after, actually shortly after I left for school. And, you know, they had hinted that maybe I should go to Oakton or, you know, community college and figure out what I wanted to do before yeah. I, I jumped off into uh, going away to school. And I said, no, I'm, I'm you know, the, the bottom is dropped out. I want to get as far away from you guys as possible. Yeah. And. Uh, I ended up going one year at Western Illinois University. Okay, in, I thought so. Yeah, in scenic Macomb, Illinois, and um, <laughs> my, my 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 dad used to always say, "He's like, you know, I I love that you had this desire to go there and major in journalism because that was okay. that was what I was going to do. Okay, I was gonna, cool. I was going to major in you know creative like creative writing slash journalism. Interesting. But as my dad like liked to say, I ended up majoring in Budweiser. So I <laughs> uh, I I came home after the first year. Okay, and never went back. Got it. And so that's like, was it after the first year that you met that you met the people in the band? Then, yeah. Well, actually, the guy that tried out before me, he was my uh, a buddy of mine at Western. Okay. Okay. So that helps to connect you. Yeah. 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 So he introduced me all the guys, and they're like, "Hey, these guys are you know just started a band and they're looking for a singer. I'm going to go try out, but they practice in Park Ridge. That's not far from you." And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm right on the border." take me five minutes to get there so again pro- proximity and being in the right place at the right time wow okay yeah. so like i'm trying to picture this like stage of your life dennis then are you <laughs> like are you working or are you just like singing and just hanging out at home or, or like you know in the band or like what does it look like as you're just starting off with with a band right now oh so so this is this is would have been like the early part of 1993 i was uh living with my dad okay um 
working um, working in the mailroom of an insurance company. Got it. And then, um, yeah, I'd say the first half of 1993 was just me staying at my dad's, going to practice. We had, I think our first show was in 1993, was the night the Bulls won. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, the second championship, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Okay. And we played we played in the far west side of Chicago, um, in in in, in <laughs> what, what what you know might as well have been uh, England to us, you know. Yeah, England, yeah. I'd never been that that further west in the city before in my life. So yeah, it was uh it was an adventure, and uh, but all all of us were still living at home with our with our parents. Got at it. The time. I mean, I was, I think I had just turned twenty one, maybe. Okay. Um, so. Most of 93, I was still living with, with, uh, with dad and then moved out to the suburbs in 94. Okay. The band was still going. Uh, we actually started doing some out of town, uh, tours at this point. Yeah. You guys sound um, like you're booking you know, gigs pretty early on then, or, or did it like, did it pick up for you guys right away or was it like a slow build? You know, um, it did kind of pick up right wow. away. We were very fortunate. We had, we had friends in the, amongst, amongst our punk rock uh, friends, we had uh, friends that were in bands that had you know been around a little bit longer than us, and they would take us under their wing, and we'd start you know opening up their shows, and um, we, we just kind of started getting noticed you know based on that. And That's the awesome. weird part is, I started seeing neighborhood people, you know, yeah. from Edison Park would come out to Logan Square to come see me play. Like, That's awesome. How's Buckley? How's Buckley on stage? <laughs> How does that happen? And I and I said. A lot of caffeine. I'm beating <laughs> my heart out, but uh, yeah, yeah. So we were, we were, we were more or less doing some steady touring. We had a couple guys that were. One guy was going to Triton, and I think one was going to another school. So we weren't, you know, we summertime was basically the time we were doing our okay our touring. Um, but eventually, I moved out to the far western suburbs, and and um, things started slowing down. For me, they started slowing down in the early part of 95 because okay. that's when my son was born. Okay, yeah. So, so now, like, so you, is that why you were out in the suburbs at that point? Were you guys living, like, living together as a family out there or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I was out, I was out there, but the, uh, the woman I was dating at the time, uh, she had uh, a six month old baby. Okay. That I was, uh, I was taking care of as well. And then, uh, she got pregnant in the early part of 95. Liam was born the fall of that year. And, okay. Um, the, the band obviously slowed down, and then we kind of stopped suddenly um, a year later when I, I just I couldn't balance. I couldn't balance being a young parent and you know, yeah. being a touring band at the same time. That's yeah. That's what I was wondering, like, how what that would look like and how, how you could – I don't know, because it seems like it would be just like this party scene, right? I don't know if it's – you know, I don't know. You're out late. You're – has to be a bit of a party scene, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely a, 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 a whole big chunk of it was, was was partying. But you know, the other thing too was I had everything. I had everything from Catholic guilt to to just regular guilt, thinking I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and then you know, the, the the angel on my shoulder is saying, you know, you better get home and take care of things. And yeah. then the devil's like, everything's fine, man. Just enjoy yourself. And, <laughs> Go, Love a go little. back home when you want to go back home. Yeah. Yeah. So I that that was that was rough for me, especially in the uh in the, in the months after 
uh, Liam was born, really, then that, that basically fall of '95 to fall of '96, I was I was uh, uh, kind of up and down with with what I wanted to do and what I could do, and yeah. it just kind of came to a head. It came to a head in 1996, and I I had to get off the train for a little bit. So did you just said like I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the band for now and like focus on yeah. my family well, we, or fo- you know focus on my yeah. son. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's exactly what I went up. I went. I went up going back to school. I got um, by this point. I was still out in the western suburbs, so I was going to COD. Okay. And I took a couple of took a couple of, you know John Ed classes, and I actually um, I got an EMT certification. Oh, so that's awesome. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do. Uh, the fire department yeah. thing, the uh, the right way. I'll, I might as well, you know, take the long way around and, and, and see what happened. And, yep. Um, you know, Chicago being Chicago, it took its sweet time. And yeah, before I knew it, I was I was too old to be a fireman. So. Oh wow! Is so, there? I didn't know there was so, age limit. Is there like an age limit when you can get started? I have no idea. Um, you you have to be. You can't be older than thirty five. Okay. When out. the test comes around. Okay, I didn't realize so, that. Yeah. Yeah. So 90, 95 was the test I could have taken, um, and I was not in town. Um, okay. I was actually I was on tour in ninety five when that test happened. Okay. And uh, Dad, Dad was not too stoked on that, but okay. Um, you know, eventually he understood. But it was it was another ten years until they had when wow. I tested by that point. Wow. I was, I okay. Was too old. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that it was that far in between. And that's the thing, like so yeah. many people that we grew up with, um, you know, for those who don't know the neighborhood, you know, that we, we grew up in living in, it's like there's a lot of police officers and firemen living on that, yep. on that those neighborhoods. And so I know it kind of goes generation to generation. Like I think it's just modeled. So from an early age, you wanted to be a fireman, it sounds like. And um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was there yeah. pressure on you? Was like, was it, was your dad or was your family members, did you have, were they firemen at all? Yeah, my dad. My dad was a fireman. Okay. Um, his great uncle was a fireman, Got and then it. on my mom's side, my mom's side, we had a whole bunch of firemen okay. too. Okay. So, yeah. You know, I, 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 I think I got my first fire scanner at like Aww. eight or nine. So I was, Aww. I was running around look, looking for ambulances and fire trucks for as long as I can remember. Oh wow. Like, like I said, when I, when I got asked to join this band i thought oh cool well you know this will be this will be something to do on the weekends or the days off when i'm you know not at the firehouse and yeah yeah just by just by fate it just it completely the music stuff completely overlapped any any career oriented thing i had yeah with the, with the fire department and it was tough you know when i when i didn't take that test my dad and i didn't talk for for, for quite a while he was he was really upset about it and That's looking back i i understand yeah but um you know, that was the only time I ever heard any of my parents say, this is, you're, you're, you're not a kid. Quit. You know, yeah. my dad basically said, this, this music thing is a waste of time. What are you doing? You're, yeah. Yeah. You're a father of, you're a father of a, of a young boy and helping take care of a, a young girl at this point. What's, what's the matter with you? So the guilt trip lasted for, I don't know, six, several months, let's say six yeah. or seven months. And then yeah. the, uh, a fireman friend of his, I think, saw us on some like cable access. Oh wow! So where we did like an interview and a couple songs, and and said, you know, uh, Jim, you got to pay attention to your kid. He, he looks like he knows what he's doing. Aww. And then that uh, at the risk of jumping around too much, um, so the band stopped 
in 96, but then we got back together in 98. After, okay. Uh, my son's mom and I split up, and I said, all right, well, yeah. Um, if I'm going to do this on any sort of full-time basis again, now's the time to do it. Yeah. So we, we kind of went for broke then, and then got it. We were, we were somewhere in Florida. I want to say St. Petersburg. Uh, we had a night opening up for Kid Rock before Kid Rock what? became famous. Get out. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very bizarre. Yeah. And le- leading up to the doors opening, you know, we were, the bands were there loading in and setting up their merchandise, whatever. Uh, there's this rap on the door of the of the venue, and Aww. we're all kind of peering down this long corridor, and, you know, this guy's frantically waving his arms. We have no idea who it is. Yeah. So finally, we, so finally somebody at work, either worked at the club or maybe it was one of our guys walked down and he said, Dennis, you better get down here. Somebody wants to see you. Aw. I had no idea who it was. It was my dad. That's, aw. At this point, he had, he, had, he had a condo in Florida for the better part of a year. So okay. him and his girlfriend were just looking through the paper like you would, you know, looking for what movie to see. And oh, my gosh. They saw 88, 88 Fingers Louie was playing. So Yeah. It came out. It was the only show my dad ever saw us play, Aww. and it was the, the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life singing. <laughs> oh my god! And, and, and afterwards, afterwards, uh, we got some ice cream or something, and yeah. he just kind of grunted something like, "Not, you know, not bad, kid, not bad." And, and his his girlfriend's like, "You know, that's the biggest compliment you're gonna ever get out of him." Like, I know, I know. Yeah, you know it. But wow! But from but from that moment on, he started putting. Um, he started putting band stickers on his fire helmet, and he had a poster. Aww. He had a poster in his locker, and he stickered his car with, with, with band stickers. It was kind of it was, That's it was awesome. weird that almost, you know, a, a full five, almost six years later, he finally understood that, you know. Yeah. I, I kind of knew what I was. I kind of knew what I was doing. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. So, like, he, like you guys were talking at that point. Like, you guys were, or were mm-hmm. you still? Ha- okay, I was wondering if like you hadn't talked to him, and he, that that would be even bigger shock. But that's so cool that because that just had oh, that yeah, had yeah, to yeah. mean so a he, lot, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I I I, I hope he never. I hope he didn't see me do this. But the minute I got off stage and he shook my hand, I remember turning around. And I just started bawling. Oh. Like for years, all I wanted, all I wanted was for you to, yeah, you know, I don't expect my, you know, my dad to be into punk rock music, you know, what yeah. I mean? like it's a completely different generation, but yeah. at least acknowledge that I kind of, you know, I'm kind of good at what I'm doing. Yeah. At this point. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, not an amateur for, for lack of a better word. Right. And, you know, he had, he had accepted that, you know, Hey, uh, you know, my kids aren't. You know, they're going to skip skip a generation. Yeah, we won't have any immediate. You know, next generation firemen in the family, but you know, no big deal. You know, mm-hmm. he learned to accept that, and, and it was fine. But it was, it was that one show that he went to. Where he was Aww. like, now I know. Now I know why you're doing this. That's so cool. So, yeah, because I'm yeah. sure there's that practical side. Like all parents want to see. I think their children like being able to be taken care like taking care of themselves and all that stuff you know what yeah. i mean like they worry about them and, yeah. um but it's like then there's also that side where you just want to be i don't know trusted or recognized like because that had to be yeah. that had to be a really hard decision for you you know dennis where you're like knowing whether to go with your like, i don't know if it's your gut or just like your your belief in yourself and your band rather than you know like am i going to be on tour with these guys at this point or am i going to go back i mean was that a hard decision for you or did you just not even have to think twice about it oh it was it was, it was one of the most difficult decisions i've ever had to make because yeah. back 
back then I was not very good at communicating. I yeah. would, I would, um, I would let, you know, frustrations and anxiety just kind of, just kind of fester. And it yeah. would always, you know, I had the, I had the Irish temper. I would, mm-hmm. I, we, we, we'd be in a blow up, blow up over, you know, the, the, the band van had a flat tire. And all of a sudden I used that as a jumping off point being like, well, screw you guys. I've got a, you know, six month old baby at home. Mm-hmm. I can't do this shit anymore. Well, yeah. Part of my French. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's all right. Yeah. I told you I was going to swear. Marie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you warned me. You warned me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, 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 I, I was only really able to communicate while I was super angry with those guys. And it was, uh, it was completely unfair to them, you know. And, and when, we got, when the band got back together in, in the early part of 98, I said, you know, I admitted, I said, I don't have a full <laughs> grasp on, on, on communicating, but I'm doing a little bit better than, than I was just a couple of years ago. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, this is the time to do it. If we're going to be on tour for eight months out of the year, let's be on tour for eight months out of the year because who knows what's going to happen, you know, in 1999. And yeah, it just, it just so happened in 1999, the band broke up again. Okay. Um, for similar reasons. I, 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 uh, I, I was also just kind of tired of being, being on tour more than being at home. Yeah. But it was, it was a, a lot I had to do with, you know, Liam was, was three going on four. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like he was a teenager and could, mm-hmm. could be on his own. Yeah. So, well, you know, when I think of punk rock or punk music, like I, I think of it as like an outlet for anger and frustration, like in regards mm-hmm. to authority or like just traditional ways of doing things or whatnot. And like, was that something that like drew you to the, I mean, was that something that drew you oh, to yeah. the music and like, was that, did it offer like that outlet for maybe that anger that was like when you felt like you couldn't communicate in other ways, like an outlet for that frustration? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. From, from, from my parents divorcing to, you know, the, you know, the, the arguments they were still having after the divorce to, yeah. um, you know, I didn't have a really good relationship with my dad, um, really up until, really up until he became a grandpa. Okay. You know, we were. We respect, you know, I respected him. I loved him, but I didn't mm-hmm. particularly like him. Yeah, yeah. And um, it wasn't until I told him he was going to be a grandfather mm. that he just, all of a sudden, I think things changed for, for the both of us. And I know things kind of changed for him. And he kind of just, he just turned into this old softy that was, that was Aww. great. But he was, he was not a softy for most of my, <laughs> yeah, most of my childhood and, and teenage years. So I, I wrote. And we and these are songs that we still play to this day. I there's songs that are are basically, you know, not I hate my dad, but Yeah. My dad could be a real you know my dad could be a real jerk and here's a couple songs I wrote about him. And yeah. It's weird doing them doing them all these years later, but you know, it's songs that people recognize by us or I can't pick which songs people people um uh, have latched onto. Some of them are really cheesy songs, some of them are really angry songs and I'm not the angry person I used to be, but yeah. no, back then, back then it was a complete, it was a total outlet. You know, you're, you know, the, 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 the relationships you're in when those don't work out, like there's nothing more cathartic than, <sighs> than, you know, breaking up with somebody than listening to a song about breaking yeah. up with somebody. Like, yeah. It's something else. And then for you to be able to like put your words, you know, like to music, you know what I mean? Or put your thoughts into like in the, the lyrics. Like, so you were, you would be writing a lot of the songs for the band then? Were you, like, was that a, comp- uh, just something you just did together? Lyrics, the guy, okay. Well, the, the guy, at least back then the guys would, um, 
would come up with the music and okay. then we would just just rehearse the music a couple of times and then I would go home and I would either start writing something from scratch or I would take, you know, my notebook of previously written stuff and and try and uh and, and, and piece words into a song from there. But um I didn't start really working on making any sort of sense of music writing until just just a couple of years ago. I was, really? I was pretty green with that. I was always just the lyric guy. And Got it. I'd say, hey, you know, maybe change a drum fill here and maybe have the guitar drop out here. But, you know, I couldn't write any music until just a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's, yeah. So that's something you've just kind of been trying to still continue to learn and do all that with the, the music piece. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so but right, even yeah. the writing part, Dennis, like thinking about you originally going to school for creative writing, writing or journalism, just being able to write the lyrics, mm-hmm. like I don't know, it feels like you get to kind of still have that piece of the the creative writing outlet, at least with the with the oh, lyrics. Absolutely. Another thing I did, and uh, they're, they're they're somewhere buried in a box here, but um, I started um, I started writing uh, like tour journals. Oh. And I would, it was like my own like little road diary. And I love it. It was, it was so full. It was really pretentious. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, the nighttime is so nighttime, and <laughs> I want it to be daytime. Like you know, I, sometimes I would write when I was sober. Sometimes I would have a few drinks in me, and I'd be like, I'm a poet. Watch me write this time. You know, it was, <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. But it was it was an outlet for me too because yeah. Um, you know, I, I I felt like for a long time, I felt like the guys in my band and I, the only thing that we had in common was music. I yeah. didn't know what it was like to to be, to grow up in Melrose Park. I didn't know what it was like to have a teacher for a dad and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, um, so especially those, those, those mid-90s uh, tours, when those guys would kind of go off and do their own thing, I would be in the van or just outside the van, just writing whatever crap I had done. And then, you know, I, over the years, I would, uh, I want to say maybe once or twice, they were published. And when I say published, they were in someone's, like, fanzine that, okay. you know, they made, made 50 copies of the local yeah, people. Yeah, that's but cool. That's my cool. Way of, my way of throwing something together. But, yeah, I was, between lyric writing and just kind of journal writing over the years, it's definitely kept my, uh, my writing up. Yeah, and you mentioned, like, the communication when you were younger, like you didn't feel like you're yeah. the, a very good communicator when you're younger. Do you, did the writing help, or was there other things that kind of helped you to become a better communicator rather than just waiting for things to boil over and then react in anger? Like, how do you think you started to process that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a big thing that helped me process that was mm. uh, was therapy. I yeah. started going to therapy. Awesome. Um, and you know, and, and it was suggested, you know, by one or two family members over the years, and like a lot of people, I kind of looked at it as like only crazy people need therapy. I'm mm-hmm. as, I'm as sane as they get when, mm-hmm. you know, it takes a crazy, you know, you gotta be really crazy. If you can actually verbalize how, how sane you are. You're, yeah. you're clearly at least a little bit crazy. And I, you <laughs> know, I, I, I hate to sound like I was a cliche, but you know, you, 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 you stay on tour and you have that same routine night after night. That isn't a normal nine to five routine. Yeah. You're going to make some mistakes and you know, I definitely did some things that, that I'm not proud of, you know, yeah. um, the whole lifestyle kind of caught up with me for a little bit. So I, uh, on, on a break from touring, I started, I finally, um, opened up and started, you know, going to therapy and I, you know, one of the big things I went 
through was um, anger management. Okay. And I realized, wow, I no wonder why I'm, I was so angry. I would not talk to anybody about, you know, really anything that was like really, really bothering me. I would just keep to myself. Wow. Yeah. And then sometimes it would work out good because I could write a whole song out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But then there would be times where, like I said, somebody was in the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time and one little thing like a flat tire would set me off. Yeah. And then, you know, but that definitely helped. And, you know, I would love to say that I'm the world's greatest communicator now, <laughs> but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm not, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I have my moments. I'm a, a I'm a human being. But right. That's the thing. Com- compared to how I was, you know, 15, whatever years ago, I, I think I'm, I've made a lot of improvements. That's awesome. I mean, I, and thank you for sharing that because I, like I've, I've gone to therapy. Actually, I still go. Like, because I think it's just, you know, it's something that's been so helpful for me just to have an objective sure. person, like, kind of bouncing things off of you, you know, seeing your patterns and all of that. Like, and I do yes. think it's something that, and I thought, like, I know, I'm like, I know myself so well. I don't need, you know, to deal, you know, to do that. Right. But you, we all have, we have blind spots, you know, and if you want to grow, yeah. like, I don't know how else you do it sometimes unless you have someone objective out there who's going to, Help you through it. So, yeah. but not every, everyone, it can have a stigma to it. So I do appreciate you just like sharing that and, and talking about how it has yeah. helped you. So that's awesome. Well, like, well, like, like, like you said, like it's, it's important to get an objective opinion. And, and I gathered by, you know, your, your, uh, interview with your dad, you're, you're very close with your family, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and, and I am, I am, you know, too with mine, but you know, you're, as much as I love my family, yeah. I'm not going to tell them 100% of what's going on in my life. Yeah. I can't. No, And, you know, absolutely. and I, I, I have my little, my little, um, I don't want to say tricks because they're not tricks, but, mm-hmm. you know, my little maneuvers of like, oh, they're going to get 80% of, of this story. Yeah. Because the other 20% is super embarrassing. Yeah. Whereas I could, I could, I could tell that same story to my therapist and he or she could say, all right, you're not giving me everything. And they, they yeah. know it instinctively because... You know, yeah, and you get to figure out what triggers you and what maybe like sets off like your anger, your frustration. Like I don't know, you just get to yes. you get to become aware of your patterns, and then like when you yep. when you can get honest with that, then I think it lets you be a better communicator and all that other good stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. So cool. So anybody that, anybody <laughs> listening that's on the fence about going to therapy, <laughs> I know. So go to go to go to five therapists. Go to one therapist. Every day of the week, seven days. <laughs> We're like an infomercial here for like therapy. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, it's been a benefit in my life. So. <laughs> yes. That's me awesome. Too. Me too. Yeah. Okay. See, I was, and I was going to ask you, like you do, you like strike me, like, is you're in a good place in your, in your life right now? Like, yeah. And so what, what does your life look like right now? Like present day? Like, I know you've got like a regular, I mean, I think it's a regular nine to five job that you go to yep. and I know you're still doing the t- touring. Um, yep. yeah, so how do you, how do you balance that? How do you make that, that work? Well, um, I, I am, uh, very, very fortunate that, uh, my boss is a punk rocker as well. Ah, and that's so cool. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he doesn't work out of our Chicago office. Uh, he works in our Connecticut office, but when I interviewed for the job, he, he knew of the band already. I don't know if he was wow. a fan. I, I actually don't think he was a fan. I just think he knew who the band was. That's awesome. Um, and his whole thing has been, to the, to, you know, and I've been with them a few years now. His whole thing is at the start of each year, as much as you can, kind of 
predict how many out-of-town shows you're going to play, how many days off you think you're going to need. Yeah. And within reason, and within reason, you know, I'll, I'll give them to you. I'll give you an example. This year, since we're, since we're pretty much decided to stay um, within North America, um, there hasn't been a lot of need for extra days off. Okay. Whereas next year we'll probably go back to um, we'll go back to Europe again, and oh, we'll probably cool. do two or three weeks, maybe four weeks out there. Um, and that's when you know uh, it's not like I'm going to let my boss know, hey, in ten days I'm going to be gone for four weeks. Like right. It's, it's a plan of attack, as, as it were. And I I'm not the only punk rock dude that uh, that's in the office. I think huh. I think our media team are people that are either in bands or run record labels or they um help print t-shirts like there's, oh, there's cool. a whole it's kind of it's but it's like this subsection of this fairly corporate organization uh of a bunch of like grown-up punk rock kids that are what? you know yeah what do you what do you do there dennis that, what do you do there um well i i'm a uh i help edit proposals for a software company so okay i do a lot do a lot of proofreading for the most part. Okay. Um, but, you know, I'll work with, with people that are actually writing the proposals. I'm work with people that are actually, you know, um, trying to get costs down. Like, and it's, it's great. We just had a, uh, 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 company wide summit last, uh, last week. Okay. And so people, for, you know, people from out of state that I only see once or twice a year kind of came in. And one of the first questions a lot of my coworkers had was, what shows are in town while we're here? We got to go see something. And, that's awesome. You know, oh, unfortunately, sounds... this time. It... Oh, go on. But, I was going to say there wasn't anything too much going on, but okay. you know, knocked back a few beers and and, and talked about music yeah. outside of work. It was, it was crazy. Like the guy that signs my paychecks is like, you know, how about that new blah 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 record? I'm like, I know, <laughs> man. I'm like, this is surreal. I'm. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm having a a friendly conversation with with. Yeah, with my boss, but yeah. so I, I have a very, very good, good job that that uh, that I'm that I'm happy to work for a company. I'm happy to work for. Um, I love it. I have a wonder, wonderful girlfriend um, that yeah. I've uh, been living with now for a couple months. That's um, awesome. We we made the big plunge. Yeah. Uh, we dated a number of years. Dated a number of years ago. Okay. Uh, Took the better part of a decade off and, and started dating again about a year really? ago. Really? Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's been it, it that's been awesome, surreal at the same time, but but awesome nonetheless. Okay. And, um, and the band, you know, we we we're at the point now where we're just kind of weekend warriors. You know, we'll okay. we'll, we'll take a we'll take a Thursday and Friday off of work and we'll come home Sunday night and then you know. Every once in a while, we'll get a, a, a something bigger will happen, and we'll take a couple extra days off. But the days of going on tour for five, six, seven weeks are that's that's ancient history. That's Got not it. happening anymore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need that... to preserve. I need to preserve what's left of my sanity. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, like your voice, I was wondering, and I know you said you're a little hoarse. Is that from just singing, or yeah. is that just from being like traveling and all that? Because I would just think that, like, you know, like. Singing or I don't know if you call it screaming, but you said that earlier. But like, yeah, yeah. it has to wear yeah. out your voice. Like, how do you how do you protect that? I have no I have no idea how that would work. Well, I tell you what I should do, but I'll, <laughs> but, I'll, but, I'll, but I'll be but I'll be realistic. Okay. Um, what 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 I'm supposed to do and what I try to do most of the time is leading up, you know, a couple hours leading up to 
being on stage, I try and stay as quiet as possible. Okay. I try to just stick with, you know, liquids, um, you know, uh, not juices that aren't too sugary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, our average set usually lasts between 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. Um, and then immediately after that is when my voice is, the you know, um, the rawest. So yeah. I shouldn't talk at all. Like I should literally put duct tape over my mouth and don't talk to anybody. <laughs> but um, it's after a show. I, <laughs> right, so it's but it's after a show. And what happened was, um, so at, at the time that we're doing this right now, yeah. last week um, I was in California for a few shows. Yeah. And our second to last show was in Santa Cruz. And some of my favorite people in the world live in Santa mm, Cruz. So awesome. that wasn't going to be a, oh, I'm off the stage back to the hotel. It's, I'm off stage and let's stay up till three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And in hindsight, that should have been the last thing we did before we flew home. We, yeah. we should have rerouted it to play, you know, Sacramento on Friday and Santa Cruz on Saturday instead of vice versa. Uh, so between staying, yeah. between staying up super late um, on that Saturday and then, um, you know, going full tilt for the last show in, in, in Sacramento, getting a couple hours of sleep, um, you know, getting right on the airplane the next morning, come home. I, uh, I could kind of tell like my voice was pretty good on Sunday, but I knew by the time I went, I, I, uh, was going to bed Sunday. I'm like, I'm going to wake up Monday with no voice Oh man! at all. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I I was, it was touch and go and it got to be about noon yesterday. I was like, this doesn't get any better. I might have to postpone it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I'm so, I'm glad that you're, you're doing well with that. And I know you've got some Chicago shows, yeah. but, and I know also that like this podcast probably won't air before they, the, the upcoming Chicago show comes, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. What do you, what do you guys have in the future? Any, anything else coming up for the rest of the year? Like show wise? Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll play at least one more. Okay. Chicago area show before the end of the year. Cool. Um, we hopefully will um, start writing another record. Um, oh. It took us it took us twenty years. We put out a record last summer. Okay, it was our first record in almost twenty years, and wow. I don't want to wait another twenty years to put out something else. So we'll probably start working on that pretty soon. That's awesome. Now I was looking up, like you know, googling your band's name and such, and I mm-hmm. uh, noticed that the your is it a song called Advice Column that you have yeah. out? Okay, yeah, because it was you know one of the things I like when I'm thinking about who I want to talk to, it's like people who are always like learning and growing. And I love what you like, you know, there was a line I think in there that like says we're st- st- still changing, changing all the time. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. So, um, A, like, do you notice the music you write like changing in terms of, cause you said you don't have that anger. Like, does that affect you? And then also like after you answer that, like how are you still growing and changing? Like if you wouldn't mind trying to, sum up by kind of answering those two questions. I'd love to hear it. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the the, the, the band, uh, when we decided to get back together, so the, the band's been back together uh, in one form or another since um, the end of 2013, okay. which kind of coincided with our 20th anniversary of, a, of being in a band. Um, we kind of picked up and said, we're going to, we're going to, going to keep doing this for as long as we can. And, um, we kind of put off writing new music because we didn't want to be the band that put out some great stuff 20 years ago and then put out a bunch of crap. Yeah. You know, so we were, we were, I, 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 for one was pretty hesitant, but 
as I was starting to write music for this new album, change was a big, a big um, center for that because I'm not, I'm not the person I was at 30. Yeah. I'm not the person I was at 35. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm barely the person I was at 40. And that was just a couple, I know. Yeah. <laughs> just a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, without, without losing, you know, my identity completely, I just, I, I feel like at 45 now, it's important that I, you know, I may, I maintain, a, 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 you know, being true to myself, but mm-hmm. also staying open-minded. I can't be, you know, I can't be stuck in my ways. I can't be the same stubborn jerk, you know, from just a few years ago. And that's an everyday <laughs> struggle for me. I'm, I'm, I'm very opinionated. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, um, my, my, I feel as my mom said, you know, you don't suffer fools gladly. I used to hate hearing that when I grew up. Yeah. Cause they always just made whoever said that sound like a jerk. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I, I guess there's a part of me that's a jerk. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I want to continue to grow. Like there's no, there's no rule out there that says at 45 years old, you can't continue to grow as a person. Like you're not, you know, when I was a kid, I thought, oh, once I'm a grown up, that's it. Yeah. Like, yep. Everything stays the same for the rest of my life. Yeah. No, no there's so much it's, more. It's a constant change every day. Yeah. 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 New, yeah. new experiences to have and, new people to meet and you know all that so from a band's perspective kind of addressing that years later that's kind of where i'm at and where the band's at and that's cool you know from a from a from where i'm at now and 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 you know how i you know maneuver my life at at, at 45 it's a lot of it's it's i don't want to say stopping and smelling the roses because mm. i don't smell roses <laughs> i i the last time I smelled a rose was, you know, the delivery I sent to my girlfriend. Right. You know, I, but, but you know, uh, but it's important for me to to, to stop and, mm. and 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 I I don't meditate. I wish yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. It's something that I've always been interested in, but I never really pursued. But you know, just take time to stop and and, and appreciate the the. the moments that you're in now and mm-hmm. be grateful for the things that you had in the past and and look forward to the future i i mm-hmm. that's kind of i always i i don't live in life now I, I don't know that necessarily i was focused too much on the past before or the idea of the future scared the crap out of me yeah. now it's like I, i'm grateful for everything but to stay to stay as centered in in, in, in present tense as i possibly can oh that's awesome I mean, yeah, that's really cool to hear, Dennis, because that's, I mean, that's not easy to do. <laughs> that's, you no, know, it no, really no. <laughs> isn't. Like, there's just like this go, go, go to our days and our lives and so many distractions that can come up. And, I, and you know, yeah. meditation, like, and I love that people do it. And I've done it a little bit in the past myself, but it's something that, I don't know, for me, it's like more moving meditation, like, like running or working out. That's what works for me. But like, so mm-hmm. how, how do you, how do you find, like, how do you? say, okay, I'm going to stop and just enjoy the moment? Or is that starting to come more naturally to you? Or do you have to have like a trigger or something that helps you? Like what helps you do that? Oh, I, I definitely, I, I definitely, uh, I'm able to do a lot more than I did before. I think yeah. it's a lot of it, you know, I don't, I don't drive to work. I haven't driven to work in, yep. in, in a number of years. So the idea of being able to sit on a train for half hour to 45 minutes, yeah. you know, 
uh, one way. So, you know, hour and a half total commute each day. I, I, not so much the morning because I'm still waking up, but right. you know, <laughs> that, 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 that four thirty five o'clock train ride home, um, where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just lost to myself for, for those yeah. 45 minutes or whatever. I can just kind of think about how the day went. Could the day have gone better? Yeah. What do you, what's, what's going on? What's going on tonight? What's going to happen tomorrow? And how do you, how do you pay attention to tomorrow without freaking out about tomorrow? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I could say, Hey, I've got, uh, a couple of huge proposals. I got to make sure I get out, uh, out, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, um, I can't obsess over them. I can't. Yeah. Uh, there, there were, there were times where I, 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 I'm so grateful for living where I'm at now with my girlfriend because yeah. I'm, for the first time in forever, I'm averaging 10, 11 hours of sleep a night. Before wow. I was, I was lucky if I got four and a half, five hours. Wow. And that, and that was just because I, I kept myself up. My my brain kept me, yeah, kept me up, and I was just thinking and overthinking and overthinking, and you know, the little bit of time I have to to. to relax and I don't mean to sound like I'm super busy all the time but no. those, those moments where I can relax I I'm able to take stock of of the, how the day went and you know how tomorrow is going to go that's awesome yeah because it's just like yeah. those little moments and those little check-ins and just taking time to do yeah. that can make such a big difference like that's what I absolutely found for myself so I love it well Dennis the, I had such a good time like learning about like your band more and because it's someone you know who just went to school with you and I know we didn't know each other super well but there's just a small group of people we went to school with like discovering that you had you were in this punk band like years later it was just <laughs> such a cool discovery like I just I love that you had the courage to be out there and that you're doing your thing like I really respect that in people so um oh, thanks, thanks yeah thanks for taking the time to like you know tell me about that experience and to and to kind of share how you've been changing and growing and and uh, becoming an even better person, it sounds like. And I'm, and it's really good to see you, like, just in a good, happy place. So, yeah, thanks so Thank much, you. Dennis. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Maureen. This is really fun. I had so much fun talking to Dennis. I'm not someone who's very knowledgeable in punk rock music, and I probably come across as the opposite of punk. But I really appreciate and admire people who question things and who are willing and have the courage to do things differently because it is not easy to do. I also thought it was very punk rock of him to talk about his feelings. Seriously, I loved his openness, and I appreciated him sharing the story of his dad and his willingness to talk about how going to therapy has really helped him. Those are some of my takeaways. What about you? I would love to hear what you came away with after listening to this episode. Please share in the comment section for this podcast on my website, at www.ryanwellness.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.